Thank you for joining us on Sunday mornings at Frisco Church. And now, here's Pastor Matt. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, if you want to, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at one verse there in a moment. But I, I just want to look at a couple things this morning. And I, I think it's going to minister to some of us. I feel it. I felt it uh, this weekend. And and uh, excited for this moment. We're ta- calling it today and titling it this, uh, the, the Near and the Now. The Near and Now. Uh, how many knows God is a near God and a now God? Amen. Uh, I was thinking a little bit about this, and, and God just started stirring some things in my spirit. Uh, we know God is near. We'll get to it in a minute, maybe. Well, let's just see where God goes, but... But, but we also know God is a now God. He's a now God. We tend to forget He's a now God. We, we, we hear stories. I know stories. I can tell you stories all day long of what God has done in the past. I can tell you stories of what God has done. I have seen Him heal some of us literally in this building. I have seen God touch us and heal us. I've seen uh, marriages restored. You've seen it and I've seen it. I can tell you stories. I can tell you stories. I remember as a kid sitting at a New Year's Eve service and a gentleman that was in our church, he and his wife were, were separated and, and uh, going through marriage issues and God, he just came back to God and that marriage was restored. And just a short time after, he said about where Brother Jackie's sitting in a New Year's Eve service and it we, we, New Year's Eve service, we had two services. Get it? One night, two services. We'd have a service, and then we'd take a break and eat a little bit, and then we'd have another church service all the way into midnight. And, uh, and I remember between those services, no preaching, no worship. He was just sitting back here. This gentleman was just sitting back here praying. All of a sudden, you just heard him. Man, he started praying, and the Spirit praying in tongues jumped up. He was so excited about what God had done for him. I can tell you stories like that. I could tell you story. I could tell you stories of people being healed. I could tell you stories uh, of, of, of God providing for people in the most miraculous of ways. I could tell you stories all day long. I can go back to this book. We can flip it open on any page. We can find some awesome stories of who God has been and what God has done. And then I can tell you stories of what I think is going to happen. I can tell you things that are that, that uh, a vision, I could tell you what I think God's going to do. I could say, I think God's going to do the miraculous in your life. I'm believing for it, and I'm believing for God to show up. I'm believing for that. We can talk about all day long. I know people who, who do nothing but talk about what God's going to do one day. Well, I want to know what God's going to do today. God's the God of the now. He's not just the God of yesterday. He's not just the God of the stories we've all been aware of and heard and, and can repeat. And they're awesome. We want to go back there. We want to tell those stories. And, and, I, and I know God is a God that's going to move in the future. I know God's going to do some wonderful things. I know God has some wonderful things in store for Frisco Church. I know that. I feel it in my spirit. But today... But today, I know God's the God of the now. I believe he's a miracle-working God today. 
I believe He's a, a provider today. I believe He can restore marriages today. I believe God is a God of the now. And I think we forget that on occasion. I think we can, we can get to where we are, this, you know, this, this, the, the God of the past and a, and a God of the future. I get it. In a moment, in a moment, God can change everything in your life. In a moment, he can change everything. In a moment, he can take you out of the gutter and put you on a rock. In a moment, he can take you out of a sick bed and give you health in your body. In a moment, he can take confusion and turn it to clarity. In a moment, God can do these things. That's the God of the now. That's the God of the now. I thought about, you know, in a moment, God could take blind eyes and open them. In a moment, he can make a lame man walk. We see it. We read it in the Bible. All these stories, it happened in a moment. That can happen. The God of the now. In a moment, he can multiply fish and loaves and feed 5,000. In a moment, he can take fish and loaves and feed 4,000. He can do that, and it happened in a moment. It wasn't some drawn-out long process. It was an immediate thing that God did in a moment. Because he's the God of the now. He's the God of the now. I've seen it and you have too. He can take someone who was strung out, who was wore out, and an addict, and he can in a moment's time change their life and set them free. I, I was in a store. Last week I preached on saying the right things and having the right attitude. I should have thought that through I, did, I kind of forgot we were coming right into the Christmas season and Black Friday and Christmas decorating. And all week long I kept saying, I just preached on saying the right things and being careful with your words and your attitude. And we all get to choose our attitude. So I kept going, God, help me choose the right attitude. I was in a store the other day and frustrated, kind of aggravated. Young man I haven't seen in years. Walks up to me, he said, hey, Matt, how you doing? I said, oh, good. I, I remember this kid back when I would preach youth camps. He was at a youth camp, and, and, uh, and I'd run into him on occasion around here. And He said, I've not seen you in a long time. I said, no. And he, started, he said, I want to tell you a story. And he started sharing his story with me. He was an addict. He was addicted to meth and just a mess. His family was a mess. Everything was a mess in his life. He said, I tried every program in this place. I've been in every program in this area. He said, nothing would help. I would think, oh, it's going to be good. And then I'd get out and I'd go right back to it. He said, I was sitting in a, in a, in a ward where I, I uh, mental ward. He said, I, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. And he said, I knew what I could do. And he said, I called out to God. I said, God, I need you to, I need your help. I need you to deliver me. He said, man, I'm not lying. He said, I saw that thing come out of me. He said, I saw it leave my body. And he said, I have not wanted it. I've not used it. I've not been. He said, it, just like that, God changed my life and took that from me. And he said, now I'm helping other people who've been having those same struggles get out of it. And uh, he said, God's tried to take me out. And then he started sharing a couple times when God's just touched him and healed him and brought him out of some things that was unreal. But he said, I'm just trusting God and I'm believing God to, to keep on going. God can change us in a moment. The God of the now. Everyone say now. The God of the now. The God of the now. Why is it that we go, one of these days I'm going to 
God's going to heal me. One of these days, God's going to touch my body. One of these days, God's going to provide for me. One of these days, God's going to set me free. Why not change our verbiage and be going, begin saying, God, I believe you can do it now. I believe you're the God of the now. I believe you're the God who can heal me now. I believe you're the God who can, who can touch me now. I believe that. Why not? Why not serve the God of the now? Why serve a God of the past? And why only serve a God that's the God of the future? Why not serve the God of the now? Why not worship the God of the now? God is, is that God in any place, for, at any time, for anyone, God's the God of the now. At, at any place, in any place, at any time, for anyone, if he's done it before, he can do it again. If he's done it before, he can do it again. He can do things he's never even done before. He's God. Right? He's God. He's able to do that at any time. You don't have to be in a church service. You don't have to be somewhere where it's just something super spiritual going on. God is the God of the now. Wherever you are, whenever it is, whoever you are, Oh, don't think, well, yeah, he's the God of the now. That's easy for you to say. You're the preacher. Yeah, I'm telling you, God is no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. And if he'll do it for Peter and James and John, he'll do it for us as well. If he'd heal a blind man along the side of the street, if he'd go down to the pool of Bethesda and heal a lame man who's laying by a pond, he would definitely heal us today. He will do that. If he would feed 5,000 people who were hungry and he knowing that they would only come for the food, he will provide for you today. He'll do that. He's the God of the now. This miracle working, life changing, providing God that we serve is the God of the now. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. It's the word of God. Speaking to Mary, we're going into the Christmas season, right? He's speaking to Mary, and he's talking about her cousin Elizabeth. And, and he says something, God says something to her that, that changes everything. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Luke chapter 1, verse, verse 37. He says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. I have an underline in my Bible. It's a good one to underline. Just that one little verse, but it changes everything. Mary, who's a skeptic at the moment, God's calling her to do something that is unheard of, never been done before. It's a stretch of all stretches in her, in her life, and and, and then he's like, yeah, well, what about your cousin Elizabeth? She's, she's pregnant. She's old and, and, and couldn't get pregnant, and now she's pregnant. And, and he's going, listen, I just need you to understand something, Mary. If you don't understand anything else I'm telling you today, and she probably was trying to, like, you know, get her mind wrapped around everything God was putting in her. And, and, and uh, God was like, if you don't understand anything else, you need to get this one one piece of information. We used to have a friend of ours named Bill Wilson. He'd say, he'd say, I got a nugget for you. She, he would, uh, God would go, I, I, I've got this nugget for you you have to get. And here it is. 
nothing's impossible to me. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's, no, nothing's impossible. Everything is possible. Everything's on the table. I'm telling you, there's not a thing you can think of or dream of that's impossible for God. And, he, and she's going, I don't know, God. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't seem possible. And God's like, I need you to get this one thing. Nothing. Nothing's impossible for God. Nothing's impossible for me. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus now speaking to the disciples. He says something much like that. He said, well, with man it's impossible. He just got finished saying, if you're rich, you can't go to heaven. Well, he didn't really say it like that. He said, Rich men, it can be tough for them to go to heaven. It's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. There's a lot of people with ideas out there about what that is, but he's like, it's difficult. And they said, that's not possible. And a lot of people would have said, well, yeah, rich man can't go through heaven because a camel can't go through the eye of the needle. But Jesus says something. We can't overlook it. He says, well, with man, that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Possible. Everyone say all things. All things. All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can look at your life and go, well, yeah, but I have tried. It doesn't matter. But I've done this for years, Pastor. It doesn't matter. I've struggled in this for years. My whole family struggled in this. It doesn't matter. You don't know how they've treated me. You don't know what they've done to me. It doesn't matter. I can't seem to shake this feeling. It doesn't matter. I've worked my tail off and I can't seem to provide. It doesn't matter. All things are possible. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. At Jeremiah 32, verse 27. I love it. It's God. He's speaking. He says, I am God. And I like that. I am God. And then he finishes it by saying, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything that's too difficult for me? It's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer it because the answer to that is, no, nothing's too hard for you. You're God. I am God. Is anything too difficult? Is anything too big? Is anything too hard? Is anything impossible? Absolutely not. Nothing is impossible. He is the God who's able, and he's the God of the now. He's the God of the now. Isaiah 43, verse 19. I was, when I was thinking about this, reading this, it, it, uh, this scripture came to mind. It says this, God's, like, God's saying, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do this new thing. I'm going to create something new, something that you maybe haven't seen yet, maybe something you haven't experienced yet. Maybe something you don't fully understand, but I'm going to do this new thing in your life. How many could say I could use a new thing in my life? Man, I was praying this week, and God just started stirring in me about some things for me personally and, uh, and for our church. Rarely does God ever stir in me about others without stirring in me about myself. And uh, he started stirring in me stirring some things in our about our church and I just I started sensing something I don't use this word very often but uh, because I think it gets overused in the wrong context so I want to use it in the right context what I feel is this 
we are in desperate need of a revival. I told you he stirs in me, right? So, Matt Snyder, you are in desperate need of a revival. Frisco Church, you may not even know it, you are in desperate need of a revival. I don't mean having someone come in and preach four nights. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that stirs in us so deep. I'm talking about something that's moving in us so deep, a moving of the Spirit of God in us individually so deep that it bursts out of us, that we can't maintain it. Beth talked about putting new wine in old wineskins. You know what the problem is? Oftentimes the old wines, we just can't handle the new wine. We've got to soak ourselves and saturate ourselves in that oil that she was talking about last week that softens us up. God, saturate me in your Holy Spirit. Saturate me in your presence so when you put your new wine in me, I'm ready for it. God, send revival. Send revival to Frisco Church. Send revival to me. Stir in me anew. Stir in me afresh. Amen. God, we need revival. Hallelujah. We need revival. Do you believe that this morning, church? Come on, I need to hear you. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Reach over and grab someone by the hand this morning, right beside of you, if they're sitting there. If you don't know them, you're getting ready to know them real well. We're going to pray this. God, send us revival. Send revival. Amen. Come on, let's pray it together. God, I thank you today. Lord, we need revival this morning. God, I need revival. God, the church needs revival. God, we need revival today. Lord, I need you this morning. Stir in me. Stir in me starting now. Starting now. Stir in me, God. Stir in me afresh. Stir in me anew. God, do a new thing in me today. Do a new thing in our church today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. God, we welcome you in our lives. We welcome you in our homes. Stir afresh. Stir anew. God, we need revival. God, we need revival. God, we need revival. We need revival, God. We need an outpouring of your spirit. God, we need you today. We need a fresh outpouring. We need a new outpouring. God, of your presence and of your spirit. Fill us, God. Fill us with your spirit this morning. Fill us with your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name. Fill us with your spirit. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Church, I feel it this morning. I feel it. I feel like we are in a, on the verge of, of a revival, but it's going to take us seeking that God who gives revival. It's going to take us searching him and seeking him and hungering for him. Asking for it. The Bible teaches us this. We have not because we ask not. It's scary when you start asking for things like revival because it means your life begins to change. But I'm okay with that. I'm all right with my life beginning to change. I, that's okay by me. God, whatever you need to do, change me. I'm fine with that. I just want your spirit. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your presence God's stirring us anew today. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 19, that's where I was. I'm going to do a new thing. 
I want to do a new thing in you. In you. I want to do a new thing in your life. I want, to, I, want to, I want to change you in ways you didn't know you needed changed. I want to stir in you in ways you didn't, you didn't realize you needed stirred and you've never been stirred before. I want to do this thing. He says, look, I'm about to do something new. And then the very next line says, even now. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Man, I like that. Because it is easy to say, yeah, God, do something new in my life. Starting next week will be good. Let's get through New Year's. Let's get through Christmas. Let's get through the kids getting out of the house. Let's get through this season. Let's do this. And God's like, no, I want to do something new in your life even now. Even now. Do you know why he would say that? Because God is the God of the now. Yeah. He's the God of the now. He's not a God who has to wait. He's not a God of just yesterday. I know God hasn't changed. We know the Bible says that. He himself said, I am God. I do not change. I get that. God is the same yesterday. He's the same forevermore. But we tend to forget he's the God, same God today. The God of the now. The God of the now. How many can say this? I need a miracle in my life now. I need a miracle in my life today. I'm looking for something, a provision. I'm looking for an answer. I'm looking for a healing. I'm looking for a, 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 you know, a miracle in my home and in my family. I'm in need of God moving in a miraculous way today. I need it now. I, I'll take it down the road, but I could use it today. How many could say, yeah, that's me? Raise your hand real quick. Come on, raise it up high. Nothing to be ashamed of. We need miracles. If that's you, stand to your feet real quick. Come on, stand to your feet. Yeah, I need God to move in my life today. I need God to move. I need God to move. Amen. I want anyone that's not standing to find someone who's standing. Come on. Church, we're a church of prayer today. We're a praying church. We've said it all along. We keep on saying we're a praying church. Find someone that's standing up. Find someone that's standing up and go over there and put your hand on them. We're going to pray today. I'm believing for a God of now. I'm believing that we're serving a God of the now. I don't think we have to wait till next week or next month or next season. How about just being the God of today? Amen? The God of the now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray together this morning. God, I'm believing you right now for miracles. I'm believing you right now for direction. I'm believing you right now for healing in our bodies, healing in our marriages, healing in our homes. I'm believing you right now for miraculous provision in Jesus' name. God, I'm believing you right now to do the impossible because God, though it's impossible with man, nothing is impossible for you. And God, I'm believing you today to do that very thing that you promised. I'm believing you to do that thing that only you can do. I'm believing you to heal. I'm believing you to provide. I'm believing you to do, God, the impossible in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, God, you're our deliverer. God, you're our deliverer. You're the one who sets us free. You're the one who makes us new. God, you set us free. And God, the Word teaches us when you've set us free, we are free indeed. God, we speak freedom in Jesus' name. We speak deliverance in Jesus' name. We speak wholeness in Jesus' name. God, in homes and in families, we speak health and wholeness. In bodies, we speak that. 
in the name of Jesus, for you are the God of the now. You are the God of the now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for doing it. Lord, I praise you today. God, I praise you today. I praise you today. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I praise you today. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just speak that today in the name of Jesus. God, I speak provision. For some of us, God, we need a miracle in way of provision. And Lord, that you are our provider. And God, we just speak provision today. God, you can open up the doors. And Lord, we believe you to do it even now. Even now, God, you're beginning. Even now, you're stirring. Even now, you're working. Lord, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you this morning. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for wisdom and direction. God, some of us are seeking wisdom. Some of us are seeking direction. God, we need to hear your voice. God, I want to hear your voice today. I want to hear your voice today. I want to hear your voice today. Your direction and your guidance. I want to hear you today. Lord, you're the God of the now. And I just trust you for it. And I believe you for it. Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you believe he's the God of the now? And I don't think we have to wait to ask. I don't think we have to wait to receive. I believe he's the God of the now. The God of today. Amen. And we can begin receiving healing in our bodies, healing in our minds, provision, uh, you know, wisdom, guidance, direction, stirring of his spirit, whatever it is we're in need of. God can begin doing that today in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. He's the God of the now. Amen. I believe that this morning. Hallelujah. It's good, isn't it, Keith? Yeah. Amen. He's the God of the now. Hallelujah. I feel something stirring in this place. Hallelujah. He's the God of today. He's the God of today. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know where we are. All I know is this. God is here today. We might as Why not? Why not reach out and grab him? Why not take a hold of what he has for us? Why not receive that healing in our body? Why not receive that prevent? Why not receive whatever God is trying to pour into our lives? Why not? He's the God of today. He's the God of now. Let's receive what he has today in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. He's not just the God of the past. He's not just the God of used to be and and, and I remember when, listen, I remember, I remember when God would do that. I remember when the altars, you could sit there, well, preacher, you don't know where I went, you don't remember. I remember when the altars would be full. I remember that. I remember, I remember as a kid crying at the altar. I remember that. I remember people coming. I remember people getting up. I remember people getting up and coming to the altar before the preaching ever started. Because the Spirit was stirring. I remember that. 
I remember being up way late at night praying in, in a late night prayer meeting. I remember that. Don't sit there and think, well, it's been, you know, that was a long time. I remember, I'm young. I remember that. I remember those things. I've got to tell you, there's a part of me, I kind of want to see it again. I want to see God move again. I want to see God stir again. I want to see God do those things again. But here's the deal. It's not just a memory. I know God's still doing it today. It's not that God's hand is short. Our faith may be short. Our attention may be short. And our time may be short. But it's not God's fault. It's not God's doing. His hand hasn't been shortened. God's the God of the now. The same God that he was then is the same God he is today. And I don't worry. Now, I understand the economy and the mess. I get it. I'm not going to spend my life worrying about all that because I know the same God that was the God then is the same God that is the God today, and I know he's going to be the same God tomorrow. That's the God that we serve. He does not change. He hasn't lost his power. He hasn't been watered down. He hasn't been weakened. The church, maybe, people, maybe, our faith, maybe, but God hasn't. God hasn't changed. Anywhere, anytime, for anyone, God's still moving. He's the God of the now. He's the God of the now. But here's, I want to finish this up, but he's also the God of the near. He's also the God of the near. He's not just the God of the now. He's the God of the near. God's, God's never far removed from us. Even if you've ran, even if you've tried to run from God, God's not been far removed from you. I, I like that word this morning. about. I'm going to use that. I, I get to speak in February at a youth thing, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to use that, getting unfollowed. Because God, I, he's not unfollowing you. In fact, you turn around, he's there. You can run, you can dive into the deepest hole in the darkest place of your life. You can be in the deepest depression with all of your blinds pulled, sitting in a dark living room all alone, wondering if you're going to make it another day. And I'm telling you, when you turn around, God is there. He's near. He's the God of the now and he's the God of the near. You can't outrun him. You can't get away from him. He runs just as fast as you do, if not faster. He can go just as far as you can, if not further. Psalms 139, verse 7, the psalmist is like, where can I go to escape your presence? Where can I go? If I go to hell, you're there. If I go into the heavens, you're there. I can't get away from you. Wherever I go, that's where you are. Psalms 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Oh, we serve the God of the near. We serve the God of the near. God, God's the God of the now because he's the God of the near. How many has ever said, you know, been told to do something, you know, and, and you're like, you have to wait a minute until I get there. You know, because I'm not there, I can't do it right this second. Because God's the God of the near, He's the God of the now. Because when you call on God, you might go, well, I, I, would, I believe God's going to do it, but I don't know where he is. I'm going to tell you, he is with you right now. You don't have to wait on God. He's right there. He's near. 
He's near. That's why he can be the God of the now, because he's right there. Johnny on the spot. Right now, God is with us. Right now, God's in your home. Right now, God's in your situation. Right now, God is beside of you. The Lord is near. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, the Lord is near. God is near. He's at hand, is what the King James says. He's at hand. It's difficult to do something quickly if you're not close by. God is close by. That's why he can move so quickly. He's right there. He's at hand. John chapter 20. I'm going to wrap it up this morning with this. We've got an offering to take here in a few. Can't forget. Do not let me forget. John chapter 20. I've, I've preached on this passage so many times. I just love the story. It's so good. And, and the word of God is fresh. The water's fresh in it. And and when you, you know, it's, I, I ate yesterday. I ate, it, I ate Cracker Barrel last night. I ate till I was stuffed. I go to Cracker Barrel nights like last night because they have a fireplace in there. I just go stand by the fireplace and watch kids play checkers until I get ready to stuff myself. And, but here's what's crazy. I was just thinking earlier during worship. You shouldn't think this during worship. But I was thinking, man, I'm hungry. Uh, and I wasn't even thinking spiritual things. I'm just going, no, seriously, I'm hungry. Uh, you know, it's amazing. I'm going to go eat here a little bit. The Word of God's that way. I can read that and go, man, I'm full on that. Next week I can pick it up and go, I'm hungry. I'll read it again and get filled again. John chapter 20. Oh, let's see here. Uh, verse 19. I'm going to read just a few verses here. When it was evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together. Now Jesus has been crucified, risen from the dead. Mary has seen him. In fact, he showed himself to Mary and uh, said, don't cling to me. And, and he, you know, uh, he introduces himself to her basically. You know, I'm Jesus. She's like, oh my good, you're Jesus. And, and then verse 18, let me back up just a minute. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Now, Peter and John, they ran ahead, and they saw the empty tomb, but they didn't see Jesus. Mary, here according to John, is telling them, I happened to see him. I happened to see Jesus. Now, verse 19, and when it was evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. I love the story. I love the idea. They're locked up in fear. They go and see the empty tomb. It's em the tomb, it's empty. Mary says, I have seen Jesus. He, I saw him. He talked to me. I can't believe it. He has risen. And the disciples are locked away in a room. Doors locked, afraid. And I love Jesus. He has this way of doing things that's so awesome. He just walks through the wall. And like, they look up and all of a sudden, whoa! You know, what are you, you've been asleep at night if you have children. You've been asleep at night and you sense this something breathing or something right here. And it's like, ah, what are you doing? And 
They're like, can I get a drink? No, you can't get a drink, you know. Uh, That's kind of what Jesus would do. He would just show up on occasion. They're afraid. They're scared. They don't understand what's going on. So what's Jesus do? He just comes in. He just gets close. He comes in to where they can see him. He shows them his hand, shows them his side. They begin to rejoice in who he was, the fact that he was risen. But then the next verse, the next verse, believe it is, Uh, well, and, and Jesus said, Peace be to you as the Father has sent me. I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. That's when the spirits begin abiding in them. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins, they are retained. It's great, but I don't want to spend much time on that this morning. Verse 24, but Thomas. Everyone say, but Thomas. Not a whole lot in the Bible about Thomas. This one verse or this little passage makes him famous, or maybe we should say infamous. He becomes well-known, that's for sure, due to these next couple verses. But Thomas, called twin, many believe that Thomas's name really wasn't Thomas. Thomas means twin, and, and, and uh, uh, many would say that his name, actually several say his name could have been Judas, and they called him the twin to separate him from the other Judas, which if I was Judas, I'd want to be separated as well. So, uh, but needless to say, Thomas, the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So all of them's locked in this room, but Thomas. Poor Thomas is locked out. And, and, and uh, he's not in there when Jesus walks in. And so look what happens. So the other, other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands, and listen to what he says, put my finger into the mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. I'm, I'm reading that this week, and I noticed something in this passage I've never really thought about before. We call him Doubting Thomas because he doubted what they said. But in reality, the other 11, or 10 at this time, the other 10 also heard the story of someone seeing Jesus. Mary told them, I've seen the Lord. And you know what they did? You would think they'd be out scouring the streets looking for Jesus, the risen Savior. You know what they did? They went and hid and locked themselves in a room. I mean, we talk about doubting Thomas, but the truth is I'm not so sure all of them wasn't there a little bit. Jesus shows up in the room and now they believe because he is near. Now they believe because they could see him, touch him. They, they get it. They see him now. And, and, and then they're telling Thomas and they're all excited just like Mary was excited. And Thomas, just like the other ten, is going, eh, I think you're pulling my leg. I don't believe that story. I don't believe that he rose. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, I, I've, and we all do, and even Jesus did to a degree, found some fault with Thomas. I get it. I, I understand that he wasn't believing, but, but maybe, maybe Thomas was going, I don't know. It sounds pretty far-fetched. 
I'm not sure. That sounds kind of crazy. I need to, I need to see that for myself. I need to experience him myself. Do you know there are so many Christians in the world today living their Christian life based on hearsay? I've seen, I've heard stories. I just told you some stories. I've heard stories. Oh, I've heard about Jesus. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard Andy's testimony. I've, I've heard Amanda's testimony and Tom's testimony. And I, I've heard Keith's testimony. I've heard testimonies. I know Marty's story. I've heard that testimony. Yeah, I know. I know about God. No, no. No, Thomas is going, I, I hear you. And I'm glad for your story. And I'm glad for your enthusiasm. And I'm glad for your excitement. I hear you, but I don't want to hearsay Jesus. I want a Jesus that I can experience for myself. Because the disciples initially were much the same way. They were locked in a room. And what you know what's crazy? They were locking everybody out. And in, and in turn, they were also locking, they thought, Jesus out. Side note real quick. You can live your life locking everybody and everything out, trying to protect everything that you have, and all while doing that, locking the Savior out. That's what they were doing. Jesus rose from the dead, and they actually locked the doors. Of course, it didn't matter to him. He just walked in. He came near. He came near because of their fear and their trepidation, and they, he's like, I want you to know I'm here. Then Thomas is like, I don't believe your story. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see him myself, when I can touch him. I really wanted to preach on touching him today, but I, I'm not going to. When I can touch him, when I can put my finger in that, in that scar, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I can touch him. I'll believe that. Then the Bible says it goes on for a week, and they've not seen Jesus. That had to be a long week. The disciples going, now I know he's around here somewhere. Where in the world is he? And the Bible says, look at verse, uh, verse 26, a week later, his disciples were indoors again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Now, it's the exact same story. The doors are locked. They're in a room. Thomas, this, the only difference is Thomas is there. And as they're locked inside this room, once again, Jesus comes through the walls and is standing there. Once again, I, and I say it every, every time I read this story, I think to myself, the disciples had to be going like they're talking and, they're, and all of a sudden Jesus just comes in. They have to go, like, what in the world? And they have to be like, would you please stop doing that? Just knock, you know. Just, here's a, that's going to be the secret knock, all right, from now on. No more walking through the walls. He walks through the walls, and he's standing there. And Thomas, all the disciples had to be going, See, we told you. This is what he did before. We told you about this. Thomas's eyes had to be that big around when he looked up and saw Jesus. And he said the same thing that he said before. Peace be with you. Verse 27. This is what caught my attention. And then he said to Thomas, not to anyone else. He's looking right at Thomas this time. Then he said to Thomas, go ahead, Thomas. Now, he didn't know this conversation went on. He wasn't there when this conversation was happening. He didn't, he wasn't, Peter and John didn't find Jesus and go, hey, I want to tell you about Thomas real quick. What a real loser. No? 
No one's seen him for a week. He walks in the walls. He says, peace be with you. Calm down. And he looks at Thomas. The first thing he says is this, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't be faithless. Just believe. He walks in. He draws near. He comes to where they are because they're in need. Because they're afraid. Because they're doubting. Because they're, they're struggling with belief and faith. And what's Jesus do? Just walks in the room with them. Comes right where they are. Stands right beside of them. And he gets very personal. He says, Thomas, you wanted to see. Take a look. You wanted to touch. Here's my hands. Here's, reach, reach in here. Feel this wound. I'm as real as real can be. Then he says, don't be faithless. Just believe. Thomas's reaction and rejoicing, could, I, I can't even imagine how excited he must have been to see the risen Savior. We serve the God of the now because he's the God of the near. Because he's here today. Because he's with you today. Tomorrow when, when you're going through a battle, you need the God of the now. You need to understand he's the God of the near. He's with you. He's with you tomorrow. He'll walk right through the wall if he has to, to be where you are. He'll walk through locked doors to be where you are. In your doubting, in your fear, in your faithlessness, God will show up. He's not left you. When you're running wild and you're trying to figure, think God's still there. What if I make a mistake? God doesn't leave you. What if I fall short? God doesn't leave you. What if, I, what, if I, what if I'm not doing it right? What if I'm not getting everything right? God doesn't leave you. He loves you so much. He's the God of the near. He cannot get enough of you. He doesn't leave you for a moment. I mean, people come over to my house to visit for a couple hours. I'm like, time for you to go home. And, and God's in here like, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm with you from now on. Wherever you go, I'll go. What you do, I'll be there. I'm not leaving you because I want to be the God of the now. And for me to be the God of the now, I've got to be the God of the near. Amen. How many believes we're serving the God of the near today? Amen. Aren't you glad he's with us? Aren't you glad he's for us? Aren't you glad he's in us? That's the God we're serving today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've already prayed. I feel like we've already been to church. I just wanted to give us a little bit of word today.